Uh, Joe Morris is our guest, and I don't know what that was that just intervened. Joe, do you hear me? I'm here. Yeah, I don't know who that was or what that was, but you and I are alone <clears throat> at the moment. I wanted a quiet, uh, but not too quiet, contemplative hour to talk about uh, American politics, which keeps bumping along in strange ways. Um, and immediately, I've got a, a poll result. In fact, excuse me while I lean over to take a quick look at it on the screen that's near me. Yes, a uh, Monmouth College in Iowa uh, does uh, uh, does polling. They've got uh, they've got um, thirty two to eighteen, but um, not for Drudge versus Carson, rather Carson versus Drudge. And another college poll or college baseball in Iowa is reporting the very same thing, with just about one point difference, one a, a point varying from the one I just reported. It looks as if suddenly there's a real jump forward by Carson against Trump. What do you make of that? Well, I think I think there's a trend here, at least we're seeing in the polling. Uh, a month or so ago in the same Monmouth College poll, uh, both uh, well, Trump and, uh, and Dr. Carson were tied. Uh, in the previous couple of months, uh, uh, of course, Mr. Trump was ahead in the Monmouth College, Monmouth University poll. Um, this is not the only poll, however, that that in 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 the last ten days or so have shown um, Mr. Uh, Dr. Carson ahead of ahead of uh, Donald Trump. Uh, there was an earlier Iowa poll uh, 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 sponsored by uh, the Des Moines Register and Bloomberg Politics uh, that uh, showed Dr. Carson overtaking Mr. Trump twenty eight to nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, there is a you know some some seismic registration here. What, what what does this mean? It means it means three things. One is, uh, I think the Trump phenomenon has crested. That is, it reached its high water mark. That's what and I was wondering. The wonder- inevitable receding has begun. That's what I was wondering. Of course. Second, uh, Dr. Carson is uh, now um, uh, on the ascent. Uh, he is uh, by these measures the front runner in Iowa, and probably elsewhere in the country. Well, is is it is, does it show anywhere else at the moment? In Polls over the last day or two, other um, other states. In the last I mean. day or two, I haven't seen any other polls. I don't in the think last so. Day or two. I think he's still holding in the other relevant uh, uh, early primary states. I, I I saw something in the um, uh, uh, now I'm thinking about it. it was a it was a, it was another uh, Quinnipiac uh, poll that's actually mm-hmm. also an Iowa poll. Uh, so. Uh, uh, Nationwide, so I'm, I'm not aware of anything going on outside of uh, any polling in the last couple of days outside of Iowa. But well, the, 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 well, you, well, you mentioned Quinnipiac. I think on a nationwide basis, uh, Trump is still ahead of Carson, but Carson is clearly gaining in Iowa. There's ahead of him at the moment, and that's a sizable division over ten points, and uh, that maybe begin to show up in some of the other states. Uh, you, the, the, you just gave two of your three stated interpretations. What's the well, third? The, the, I think I think I think the third point is that both of these guys are significant in that they're outsiders. They're 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 not yeah. office holders. They're not uh, anyone who uh, you know would have been on the radar screen as a likely candidate. Uh, uh, certainly not amongst the uh, inside the Beltway folks. Uh, both of them represent some kind of outsider sentiment and some kind of protest sentiment. Uh, part of part of that is is simply the uh, expectations that have arisen in the Obama era that people can come out of nowhere and. Um, Without particular 
of track records of, in in, uh, in public service or in politics and uh, be standard bearers. Um, that's not an entirely new phenomenon, but it's a fresh phenomenon in, in American politics as far as the Obama era is, is concerned. The... Uh, but I, I also think it reflects a certain dissatisfaction with the way in which uh, the the insider candidates have carried their messages to, to mm-hmm. American people. What what both Trump and Carson have effectively done is given voice to a certain amount of dissatisfaction uh, with politics as usual. I don't think that the politics in usual is necessarily the politics of gridlock. That that can have advantages for people, uh, or the the politics of corruption. Uh, that's that's a hardy uh, perennial. But what this is this is this is, this is the po- politics of of the recent failures of major candidates of both parties. Uh, to to give voice to uh, clear visions, not just idealistic visions, not just visions uh, composed of uh, sort of meaningless uh, um, uh, words such as hope and change, but some specific concretization. After all, both uh, both Dr. Carson and uh, and Donald Trump uh, have uh, spoken quite vigorously and quite precisely, and in some cases quite viscerally, about important issues of the day in ways that other candidates in the current cycle just have not been doing. Yeah. I jumped in very quickly when we began just now because of a little confusion about the signal, uh, a momentary flip to another and prior program. Thus, I did not properly and fully introduce you. Uh, this is, of course, Joe Morris, who is a key member of what I fondly call our A-team of political analysts. And Joe Morris, as any regular listener to this program, certainly has heard, uh, is, of course, a partner in his own law firm of Morris and De La Rosa, a former assistant attorney general of the United States and an active conservative. Whether one should call him a Republican or not, I don't know whether you're a registered Republican these days, are you? I am indeed. Well, good. I guess it's good. And then you're going to vote. Uh, though by the time it reaches Illinois, it will be of no particular pertinence until actual election day, of course. Um, you know, I wa- one wonders inevitably, the flurry yesterday and today is over, of all things, Seventh-day Adventists and this strange thing that uh, Trump has been doing. He's got this funny way of speaking, which um, it's really almost rather like a guy at the bar rather than full, properly rounded sentences. And so, well, I don't know anything about Seventh-day Adventism. Um, I don't know. What is it? I don't know. I just don't know of it. No, I'm not insulting him. I just don't know Seventh-day Adventism. I've heard, I've heard that quoted now uh, three or four times, um, clips, and uh, I've heard him say it at least on two separate uh, momentary interviews. What's really going on? Is, was he really trying to upset the evangelicals in Iowa by signaling to them that, you know, some evangelicals see the Seventh-day Adventists as somehow um, heretical rather than really Christian. Well, and, it's, a, it's a shabby kind of tactic. Obviously, it's a tactic aimed at, doc, aimed at talk, Dr. Carson. Um, it's, it, the, the, it, it's not the first time in recent memory it's been tried. Uh, uh, there was an attempt made uh, to attack uh, Mitt Romney among evangelicals. For, uh, for his Mormonism. Catholics yeah. because of his Mormonism on the yeah. theory that Mormonism is not true Christianity. Now, uh, 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 you know, I'm a Jew. Milt, you're a Jew. Uh, I have to confess that uh, you know I am the last person who's going to be telling anybody what is true. Well, but uh, you, you and I have one thing in common with the Seventh Day Adventists. The Seventh Day. 
the seventh day. The whole point there is that the proper Sabbath, they say, and the proper Sabbath that they celebrate is Saturday rather than Sunday. Well, sounds good to me, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be the arbiter of 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 of, of what's a, a Christian. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Carson himself put his foot in the in the religion morass a few months ago by questioning the bona fides, the potential bona fides of a of a Muslim American. I think I think that all this contretemps is a useful reminder that uh, even before the adoption of the First Amendment and its religion clauses, the the uh, uh, non-establishment and the uh, and the free exercise clauses of the First Amendment, the original 1789 Constitution of the United States included the no test, no religious test clause. No religious test shall be required to hold office under the United States or any of them. Um, that's, that's an important part of our political inheritance. It's an important thing that makes us Americans. We don't allow religious tests, and religious discussion really has no place in, uh, in electoral politics. Well, it's only the latest <clears throat> instance of the Trump phenomenon. And let me get you talking for just a moment about the Trump phenomenon by confessing to you that I myself am subject to it. Uh, some commentators have said, well, uh, all the debates and all the interviews and so on, it all goes to Trump. They use the common cliche, he sucks up all the air in the room or in the nation because he is outrageous and he's good copy. He's entertaining. That word is often used. And I confess that I am often entertained by his presence, and I will turn towards the television set and turn up the volume if I see that somebody is uh, once again interviewing uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but on the other hand, my better self, my more mature self, says to me, now, Rosenberg, don't be a fool. That's not the basis for choosing a president. And don't be suckered by the fact that this man can be outrageous and it verges on <laughs> the edge of insult again and again and again, while talking about his competitors for the Republican nomination. Um, I think it's time, for you and I at least, to directly ask ourselves, are we offended or amused, or some other word, is there some other word to describe why we retain some special fascination? I know I do. I'm not, I assume you do, maybe you don't, uh, in Donald Trump. Well, there's 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 another dimension of it too, which is which is the sheer fascination that an oncoming car wreck or an oncoming train wreck has. You simply can't turn your head uh, yeah. when when you, when you see the you know, sort of the horrible event about to happen. But there's yet another dimension, which is which is the intrigue, which is the question: Why? Why is this happening? I mean, uh, Donald uh, Trump. Donald I, th Trump, I think it's happening partly because that's the man's authentic style and authentic character. Well, and 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 that that could well be. I mean, it simply could be the the same style that he would affect. Uh, in a bar or a boardroom or a negotiating room, uh, it may be just the way he is, but but he's 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 not insensitive. He's not unaware that he's in a political fight, uh, and that people are going to be making decisions on on political grounds. And and I I think I see a logic, a political logic to his the, the, his behavior and the and the way in which he uh, the, the issues on which he chooses to engage uh, public attention. And um, good. Uh, and, explain and it is this. Explain that logic to me. Yes, it, it is. It is. It is this. I think that he has given up on the proposition that uh, in the 2016 cycle, the way to win an election is by converting independents, the people in the middle. You know, the classic, mm -hmm. the classic political advice in modern times is: in a primary, you run to your 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 base. In the um, in the general election, you run to the middle because the general election is going to be made up by adding adding voters. There's a counter logic, and the counter logic is um, 
driven by something else the polls show us, which is which is the shrinking of the middle. There are fewer and fewer independents in every election cycle, and there are fewer and fewer states. So an alternative strategy to winning an election, apart, apart from trying to win votes from the middle, is to increase one's own base. And we do know, polls do show, throughout the Obama era, 2008, 2012, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, McCain and, and, uh, and Romney elections, the, there, there, were, there were huge numbers of silent voters, that is, voters who chose not to come to the polls, likely conservatives who sat on their hands because they were unmotivated. They thought that they were being ignored, that their concerns, uh, some of which were viscerally held, uh, were, were simply not being addressed. And uh, I think uh, rather than trying to cut to the middle, uh, Donald Trump is trying to enlarge his base. Um, a, a, this, is, this is not without precedent. It's, it was something that was achieved by Ronald Reagan. No less I was a just about to ask you. No less this, a figure than Ronald Reagan in 1980. And isn't this really a parallel? Aren't they a parallel to uh, searching for Reagan Democrats at the time yes, of Reagan's original... Exactly. Uh, bring, bringing out the so-called Reagan Democrats. And the Ra- Reagan Democrats the- these days are their sons and daughters, um, but particularly their sons, who have remained at labor class levels, uh, may very well still be basically pro-Democrat party, uh, but on the other hand, the anger and rejection of late illegal immigrants, which he has voiced so clearly and directly, and throw them all out, and then let's, let the good ones come back, which is his basic impossible tactic, but it's all, all the same as the one that he's uh, built that aspect of his campaign upon, that all of that may be drawing in um, guys who would ordinarily vote Democratic, but now are going to get into the Republican primaries and endorse him. Well, if, if that's the objective, if the objective is, is, to, is, to, is to wake up sort of Trump Democrats or uh, Trump sleepers, Trump yeah. non-voters, Trump Trump passives, people who've not been participating. Exactly, eyes. That's what I'm it, suggesting. It's uh, it's it's far less elegant uh, and far less meaty a an approach than than that taken by Mr. Reagan a generation ago. But it may well be calculated to meet the needs of the time. It's noisy. Uh, it's uh, it, it it is uh, easily reduced to uh, 144 characters. It's it's easily twittered, tweeted. Uh, and uh, texted, and uh, it meets the standards of the short attention span modern world in which. What do you know about the background uh, on his campaign right now? Is he just running himself as well as uh, paying for himself, or has he by now got uh, good, more or less conventional uh, technicians who are really advising him and uh, helping and giving him ideas about what the next initiation should be? What? I know I know only a little about that. I I I I I don't think he has uh, an army of the typical kinds of strategists and But uh, is there anybody image, image in there? Fashioners. He does have some traditional uh uh workers who are trying to put together the absolutely necessary process of getting getting him on the ballot in states. But what about people who are advising him on on innovative strategy? I'm in, I'm unaware of anybody advising him on on strategy. Well, the last, no the last strategist either. I knew about was Roger Stone and we all saw that blow up in public. Yeah, my best my best sense of the matter is that is that Donald Trump is his own strategist and his own uh, message articulator. He does have some technicians who are working on ballot access in the states, but that's a very different matter. Uh, the next uh, Republican debate comes in just uh, I think two nights from now. Uh, will it matter? What's what's at issue? Uh, just in terms again of competing strategies on that night. 
Well, sure. Um, uh, given the the, the, the recent t- trend in the polls vis-a-vis Dr. Carson and Mr. Trump, uh, Dr. Carson moves to the to, to center stage, and uh, you'll see um, uh, uh, Mr. Trump continuing as I think he did with the Seventh Day Adventist stuff to try to unsettle uh, Dr. Carson and, and get Dr. Carson to commit gaffes or show weakness. Um, and uh, the, the 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 media being less interested in the in questions of public policy that that may result from the consequences of an election, far more interested in the horse race and the clash of personalities, will do everything they can to pour gasoline on those fires. I wonder if it was somehow the Trump camp, it wasn't Trump directly, who got the news to the press that if you look at Carson's record, there are six malpractice suits that were filed against him, um, to which Carson's response was a bit of a laugh and said, with all that I've done, that's a low number. That's what happens to surgeons, don't you understand? Well, but, he's, he, that, that, that's exactly right. And, uh, of course, it, it, it pales in comparison with uh, Donald Trump's uh, history of litigation. But uh, the, the, we live in a litigious society, and uh, anybody who's running a large uh, medical practice, anybody who's running a large business is necessarily going to court uh, uh, regularly as a part as the, as the cost of doing business. Now, in these national elections that you Americans run every four years, there are usually two major parties, <clears throat> and the other one um, is the Democrat or Democratic Party. Isn't it interesting that Republicans still insist you don't call it democratic? You don't use the adjectival form of the word. You use the noun form. These are the Democrats. Uh, they're not necessarily more democratic than the Republicans. So the Democrat Party um, is there, and it's by now quite clear who their nominee will be, unless, and the big unless that people are talking about is something that might come from a sector that you once worked rather closely to or with, namely the FBI. When you were in the Attorney General's office, uh, you had lots of FBI contacts. We're about to pause for the usual reasons. I wonder if there's still trouble coming with regard to uh, essentially all this stuff about her misuse of the internet, her misuse of her emails. Um, right back to Joe Morris after this. And directly back to Joe Morris. So I draw your attention to the uh, candidate field on the Democrat well, party side. It was just about a week ago Clinton and um, uh, the senator from Vermont, Sanders, and Biden, and Webb, and who was the other guy who dropped out? Uh, the other dropout? Uh, yeah. Webb is the dropout now. Biden, of course. Well, is, Vice President Biden announced that he's not going to run. Uh, was dropped out dropout. from never dropping in. Yeah. Right. Um, at any rate, uh, do you, we, we have to agree that now the nomination belongs to her, that Sanders, whose performance and whose reception is surprising and is interesting and somehow is a phenomenon that needs further analysis, He's a he's a content candidate. He's he's his 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 quirky style yeah. becomes attractive uh, only on second or third glance. I think to most people. But the content is truly pretty close to real socialism. It he, it, it, it it truly is. But it's and it's that's real, surprising real in this country. It's real content. He's he's a conviction politician. He yeah. always has been a conviction politician. And there's something that Americans admire about conviction politicians. Uh, as opposed to as opposed to uh, politicians that many Americans dismiss as mere weasels. Who but, but, I, but I wonder if more Americans, particularly those who would relate to the Democratic Party now, 
by virtue of their own economic misadventures or economic uh, disappointments, uh, are by now, in fact, more anti-big business, more anti-capitalist, more intrinsically well, more leaning. Anti, more anti-small business, too, more anti-consumer. All there the you are, that, okay. All the things and are sort of leaning to the... Standards of socialism. And leaning with the utopian longing towards the notion that maybe there is another system that would work better for the real people, people like me. Well, your, your, your little discourse before the break about the, the Democrat versus Democratic Party is not entirely irrelevant. The, mm-hmm. the contemporary Democratic Party is getting unmoored from its uh, amazing historic American roots. I mean, this is properly understood. This is the oldest political party on earth in continuous existence, dating back to the handoff from Thomas Jefferson to Andrew Jackson in the first quarter of the 19th century. Is it, in fact, becoming a version of European Democratic Socialist it, parties? It, 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 it is long since moved into the into the boundaries of Demo- European Democratic Socialism and may now be moving beyond it, huh. as, uh, as, of course, the Europeans are revising the, uh, their views on a whole host of questions. But, but uh, the, the, the contemporary Democratic Party, I mean, just this year, uh, you, don't, you don't have to look back to the, to the uh, uh, dismissal from the Democratic Party in recent years of someone who as recently as, as what, just barely a decade ago, Joe Lieberman was its standard bearer for Vice President of the United States and was mm-hmm. thrown out of the party because he was too darn conservative on national security issues and had to win re-election as a senator from Connecticut as an independent. Uh, but you, you have this year the Democratic Party abjuring its uh, its historic ties to Jefferson and to uh, 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 Jackson, uh, waking up uh, waking up to the fact that a lot of historic figures in the Democratic Party uh, would never have passed muster uh, against the contemporary today's standards of, of evaluation of their candidates. Was this transformation or transmutation was it speeded, not caused? but speeded along at a more rapid pace by the fact and the content of the Obama presidency. Of course. How did that work? Uh, well, it, 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 was a, it was sort of a solvent that erased a lot of content. Uh, the the, the um, uh, content-free campaign slogans of, of hope and change uh, erased a lot of Democratic Party roots and ties. The, uh, you, you, can, you can read the inaugural address of John F. Kennedy of 1960 and mm-hmm. find it in stunning conflict with the attitudes and policy, policy positions of of the Obama administration. Uh, the uh, pay any price, bear any burden, fight any foe uh, rhetoric of John F. Kennedy is is uh, in, in direct 180-degree contradistinction to the, to the, uh, the, the global isolationism that afflicts uh, the Obama approach to uh, to foreign policy and national security affairs, and um, uh, I'm not sure that either is the is the, is the right approach for the United States in the 21st century. But the 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 the, uh, uh, the, the contradiction between them is stunning, um, and um, the, I, it, it, it's it's hard to see that a majority of the United States Senate of, of the Democrats in the United States Senate, as as the Senate was constituted. Uh, as recently as as the presidency of Lyndon B. Johnson would be welcome in the Democratic Party today. So then Hillary Clinton right now, as candidate for the presidency, is following the maxim that was originally uttered by somebody in Roman history. Uh, Tell me where the crowd is going. I'm their leader and must take them there. And they're going left, and so she's going left here. Well, and and, and so we see candidate Clinton... um, uh, uh, 
jettisoning, jettisoning, abandoning, and, and and criticizing the policies and programs of Secretary of State Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> possibly uh, even of her husband. Well, I, I, I would I would think that's a given. Um, but uh, Sec- Secretary of State Clinton is, if and when, and I assume the answer is when Hillary Clinton becomes the nominee of the Democratic Party, Secretary of State Clinton will have supplied a lot of sound bites. Uh, that will be used to criticize the policy positions of candidate Clinton. Now, is the when assured when she becomes the um, candidate of the Democratic Party? Or in modern politics, nothing is assured, and, and and you flagged just before the break a a, a major peril. That's what I was her. about to raise. Of course, uh, uh, the media are are of course transfixed by her calm and cool in the course of the hearings last week regarding right. the Benghazi she did, affair. She did well for herself on that. Well, in that in that in that sort of. Um, uh, McLuhan-esque uh, uh, way of evaluating performance, Shh, the, the, uh, the, the cool demeanor helped. Uh, but, but in fact, the outcome of the hearing, uh, the actual information produced was, was rather devastating. It, 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 it established that pretty early on in the game, she knew, in fact, what was going on in Benghazi and continued not just the same day, but for days thereafter. Yeah, the email... Well, the next week. The, to the... Propagate, pro- propagate a... a a vicious falsehood. Fiction. And that's based upon the exposure of that email to her daughter and the comparable email to the president of Egypt. Um, which, leads, which leads to the question of those emails and their political significance, wholly apart from you know anything that the media or potential Republican opponents make of them. And you've asked the question whether or not there is a violation of law there. That's a matter that is seriously under investigation, as we speak, by the Department of Justice. As many say, they found it a violation of law in the case of General Petraeus, where the offense was by no means as great, uh, they must find the same uh, in uh, her case, or rather the Attorney General must find the same in her case. But the Attorney General, of course, is appointed by her friend Barack Obama. Well, that's, 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 that's an, an excellent ex, 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 exposition of logic uh, on your case, Milt, uh, as to, as to what, uh, how a prior case you know, might be con- treated by a legal system and deemed as a precedent to guide conduct with respect to this case. Yeah. But you're also correct that um, a prosecution of a, a someone of her stature is, is not going to happen in the bowels of the department. It's going to work its way up to the to the front office, and it's, imp- it's improbable that any prosecution of Hillary Clinton would be triggered without the express knowledge and consent of the Attorney General. Whether that would be given in, in, a, in, in the, this political environment is, is a, a question on which I don't want to speculate. But I will tell you this that there are career prosecutors and career agents of the Bureau, uh, who, that is, prosecutors in the Department of Justice and agents in the FBI, the investigating arm of the Department of Justice, who will follow the facts where they lead. They will uh, make a recommendation based on the facts as they find them. And if that, re- if that recommendation is to prosecute and the prosecution is queered, is killed, is quashed uh, at the level of the Attorney General or the White House or by some political operatives, in the mix, uh, it is uh, hard to imagine that that will remain a secret in the modern Washington environment. No, it would be the leaked. Qu- the question, the question is, will it remain a secret long enough yeah. uh, to uh, not be a factor in the uh, in public formation of opinions regarding Mrs. Clinton and her character in the course of the 2016? No, the Republicans would get their hands on that information uh, almost immediately if the Attorney General, under orders turned away the possibility of indicting Mrs. Clinton while she's running for the presidency. 
Um, and indeed, one rather. Oh, I, one... I know agents and I know career prosecutors in the Justice Department who would be mightily offended if if that sure. if, if if the one happened and then the other happened, and uh, yeah, uh, they, you know, not only might it be leaked, it might also occasion resignations. It's the sort of thing that that uh, uh-huh. would would be um, uh, uh, scandalous with an odor uh, not yet not not scented, not sensed uh, in Washington since the Watergate era. Is it your sense? from what you actually know about the emails and the way she handled or mishandled them, that uh, in all likelihood she would be found at least indictable? Well, the only precedent I have to go on is the is the Petraeus precedent, as you cited, yeah. and, and that suggests that the answer to your question is yes. Is yes, yeah. Listen, we're going to pause right now for the usual reasons, but first let me invite um, telephone calls and emails. Uh, this is your chance for the next half hour to get in there with your opinions and, of course, with your questions about the presidential process as it's rolling forward before our very eyes. So, uh, the phone number is ever, 847-475-1590. 847-475-1590. And the email address, milt, M-I-L-T, at 1590wcgo.com. Milt, at one five nine zero. WCGO.com. Get your questions and comments in instantly, and we will return after this. Uh, and directly back to Joe Morris, partner in the law firm of Morris and De La Rosa, former Assistant Attorney General of the United States. Many, many other distinctions, but time is brief, and we want to get to the listeners uh, on the phone, 847 475 and or via email. Milt at 1590wcgo.com. But before I do that, Joe, I must tell you, I recently learned um, the source of the quotation, I'd rather be right than president. Do you know what that source is? Uh, John Sherman? No, it turns out to be Henry Clay. I learned that simply because I did a little one-hour program with somebody who did a biography of Henry Clay. Uh, But... uh, he said that despite the fact that he ran four times for the presidency. Um, is there anybody in the current race, and I mean on the Republican side, who would rather be right than be president, who is so closely wedded to his true values that you can't move him in the hunt for votes? Well, that's, a, that's, that's an interesting question, uh, um, and that almost describes no one uh, in the in the in the modern political universe, uh, it it didn't describe Henry Clay, of course. Um, I, I suppose the uh, there's one candidate who's laid claim to that characterization, and that's uh, Rand Paul. Yeah. Uh, who who has embraced a fairly well defined, well blazoned trail of libertarian conservative thought, uh, which has the the great virtue of being known uh, and predictable. You can accept the premises and reason to the conclusion uh, uh, much more readily than you, you, you can trying to parse the political uh-huh. philosophy, say, of one Donald Trump. Uh, but um, uh, Rand Paul, of course, has had to tack around the edges and, and uh, modify uh, uh, his views. And, and there's always the problem of getting from here to there. Uh, the, the, the great issue that is roiling the Republican conference in the U.S. House of Representatives this year is uh, whether in the face of um, 
of uh, the Obama presidency and the Obama veto pen, uh, it makes more sense to legislate incremental improvements in the world, uh, such as using the reconciliation bill this week to to uh, uh, vote uh, ameliorative amendments to the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, uh, or if uh, the, the appropriate strategy to get from here to there, that is a free market in medicine, I suppose is one way of or health insurance, at least, is one way of stating the goal, uh, is uh, is by uh, giving the American people Obamacare in all its glory, good and hard, uh, uh-huh. uh, so so that yeah. the people get tired of it and are accepting of radical change when the yeah. when the when the time is propitious. Uh, that's a um, uh, that's a a set of strategic or tactical considerations that are not identical to the question of vision or goal. Listen, it's time to go to the phones. We've got a few people waiting. Here is the first. Richard in Winnetka joins us. Good evening, or rather good afternoon, sir. Hey, Melt. Yes, sir. I wanted to ask Joe about the recent decision not to prosecute Lois Lerner and whether there was politics involved with that or whether it was actually the uh, decision of the professionals in the Justice Department. Well, I, 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 wonderful question. I, I don't know much more about it than I have seen in the in the media and the the presentation given by the media. It is is that it is uh, uh, a um, uh, uh, a career uh, a prosecutor's uh, a decision. Uh, it's uh, um, uh, something where we we don't know a whole lot about. You know, when when a decision is made not to prosecute, you know a lot less about the what went into making the decision than you know when a when a decision is made to prosecute. Um, I think that um, uh, the statistics uh, uh, sh- show uh, that Lois Lerner and her teams and the at the Internal Revenue Service were making uh, decisions adverse to certain political points of view that outstripped what sort of random, a random approach to bad decisions would make, or a random approach to uh, um, de- delaying and deferring decisions because of overwork or other sorts of uh, questions might have made. Uh, and and one can see in other contexts where the, the, the simple numbers uh, would have raised uh, prosecutorial uh, suspicion. Joe, let me get clear on this. Did she get a full pass today, or is she still in any danger at all? Um, well, what happened last week, I think it was on Friday, uh, the, the, the Department of Justice informed members of Congress who had asked about it that the investigation by the Department of Justice into the improper targeting by the Internal Revenue Service of conservative groups seeking uh, uh, 501c3 or other exempt tax status was being closed with no charges being filed yeah. against anyone. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the paperwork, so I don't know the Lois Lerner was singled out. But the, the 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 Department of Justice, through its Congressional Relations Office, sent messages to members of Congress who had asked that the DOJ investigation was being closed. Yeah, that was my understanding. Um, well, our thanks to that caller, and let's go to the next. Here is Ken in Elmhurst. Yeah, I'd like to throw out a thing about uh, illegal immigration, which is one of my hot button topics. Wouldn't it be easier just to make e-verify the law to land than to build walls uh, to keep illegals out? I mean, I think that would satisfy maybe 90, 95 percent of 
stopping illegals coming here and maybe sending them back because if they couldn't get jobs, why would they stay? Mm-hmm. Good well, point. There, there, there are lots and lots of things that could be done uh, that uh, would eliminate the need for expensive and likely not to work walls, uh, uh, beginning with uh, uh, working assiduously with uh, other countries uh, uh, to, to, to stem the flow. Uh, the, you know, the, the, a lot of the a lot of the recent flow has not been from Mexico. It's been through Mexico from places in Central America. Uh, some some cooperation from the from the Mexican government or Central American governments could could uh, make a difference, and I, it's not at all clear that the Obama administration has pursued it, given the uh, election yesterday in Guatemala, which produced uh, somebody whose politics are not particularly congenial to those of Barack Obama. It's hard to see the United States and Guatemala getting closer on the current American watch. Um, other other uh, you know other simple things that could be done uh, include um, uh, some some. Improvements, some efficiencies in the way in which the uh, Department of Homeland Security does business in its handling of, of citizenship and naturalization processing, uh, visa processing, and the like. It, it's absolutely one of the worst bureaucracies in the government, and it has been for a generation. Okay, well, thank you for your uh, input. We thank you, sir, for the call. And, uh, Joe, let me go to some email that we've got here. Here's a very direct one, and uh, I'm interested in your action, in your answer. Very interested. Quick handicap, colon. Is it, go, is it going to be Trump versus Clinton? Certainly he's got half of it right. It will be Clinton unless uh, she's not indicted, as we were discussing earlier. But uh, do we today feel as sure as we did uh, a week ago that Trump gets the Republican nomination? I have never thought that Trump will get the Republican nomination for the for the simple reason that I can't find anybody who looks at Donald Trump as his second choice. Uh-huh, uh, yes. uh, when when the nomination happens in 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 the run up to the convention and in the convention, uh, the candidates drop out and people who were pledged to them or people who would have been supporting them go somewhere else. And I don't. I just don't know of. Uh, I know a tiny handful of uh, of uh, supporters of Ted Cruz who have indicated that their second tra- choice might be Donald Trump, but I I don't know of any broad sweep of Carson or or uh, 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 Fiorina uh, or uh, uh, other candidates who whose supporters find Donald Trump uh, as their second choice. You can still get a full outsider ticket. That is, no one who's ever held elective office before by uh, having a Carson Fiorina ticket. Sure, or or, or you could, you could get a uh, a uh, a wildly insider ticket that uh, would 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 be the dream of career political organizers and activists, not because of the uh, conviction content. Of their positions that that would be irrelevant, but because Jeb Bush and uh, and uh, Governor Kasich of Ohio, Jeb Bush, former governor of Florida, and mm-hmm. Governor Gay Kasich, the current governor of of Ohio, are both extremely well known quantities, easy names uh, 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 to for for people with with whom to identify uh, with histories of successful fundraising. Although the in the face of the current onslaught, the Bush ability, the Bush the ability of the Bush name to raise money is called into question. But but they carry with them the perception, at least, of a strong attractiveness to the electorates in their respective home states. 
two states which, uh, if carried uh, into the same column in the national election, are likely to carry the election. But Jeb, Jeb Bush, in his comment yesterday, or was it very early today, seemed to be reflecting and uh, acknowledging that he's just disappointed and rather sick of the whole way that this has turned. Well, it's. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's disappointed uh, about it. It's not. It's not the coronation that he anticipated. Uh, he, he, he imagined himself um, uh, being received as uh, as experienced, as wise, uh, as um, and as someone who is, as he indeed is, on many many policy issues, a a a, a, a different factor than his brother, a different factor than yeah. his father. He's certainly the most conservative of all the Bushes. Uh, and I won't get into the weeds of whether or not he's the brightest, but uh, that he has his partisans who contend that he is. Uh, but for a lot of people out there, Republicans as well as others, he has the fatal flaw of being a Bush. The moment has come, Joe, when um, I will presume to press you directly. You don't have to answer, but still I would love to ask directly and simply, of all the Republican candidates, who would please you the most as president? Uh, well, I... I, I the honest answer to that question, Emil, is I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's it's such a fluid year. Uh, I have uh, I, I I see a lot to admire in in, in a number of candidates, uh, in, including uh, Senator Rubio, uh, who is still in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was uh, keen on uh, Governor Walker of Wisconsin. Very disappointed to see him uh, drop out. Um, I think that because of the, of the Trump factor, in part. The really interesting debates, the really interesting clashes, the clashes of ideas and the uh, clashes of programmatic and policy priorities that we might have seen otherwise that might have had a clarifying benefit in the in the field has not occurred, and that's really quite unfortunate. That 1980 campaign with a very very large field uh, that included a spectrum that went from Ronald Reagan to John Anderson to John Connolly uh, to Howard Baker and George Bush, uh, George H. W. Bush. was a wonderful campaign, almost a textbook campaign, because of the opportunities Americans had to test those candidates, uh, not just on their staying power or their tactics or their inside baseball, but on their ability to wrestle and grapple with uh, important public policy issues of the day. And and the, 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 the Republican debates in the 1980 campaign clarified a lot of issues. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to see a comparable clarification coming uh, in this one. And and uh, so far yet. I mean, it's early. It really is early. I mean, we it, it, it's it's early by some timetables. It's not early by others. It's not early by the technical timetables. Already in Illinois, people are petitioning, passing petitions to be on the March ballot because of the, the election calendar, and that includes candidates for delegate for the national convention to nominate a presidential candidate. Yeah. But from from the from the point of view of the American people paying attention, uh, from the point of view of um, uh, that which is not inconsequential it's it's still early um and um uh, uh th- there's a um, a sifting and a refining going on elsewhere in the party uh if uh if Paul Ryan becomes as it appears he will become the speaker of the House of Representatives and the leader of the institutional Republican party on Capitol Hill and therefore until someone is nominated for president of the United States the national face of the Republican Party, uh, then there will be a a, a new voice. Uh, I would submit both for sanity and for a, uh, a very strong and thoughtful 
and informed attention to public policy questions uh, suddenly electrifying the, the Republican world, and that will necessarily have an impact on how the presidential debates and presidential campaigns work out. Don't uh, don't underestimate the, the 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 power of a focused mind uh, suddenly given an important uh, bully pulpit, and uh, Paul Ryan is uh, such a focused mind. The speakership of the U.S. House of Representatives, yeah. Representatives is such a bully pulpit. Uh, however, it does not lead to the presidency. Only one speaker in all of our history has ever become president. Well, that, that, that's right, and that can change. I don't think that's going to change in 2016. What I'm what I'm saying is yeah. that that as 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 Paul Ryan begins grappling with uh, uh, public policy issues, with the real issues, of course, he, he, the real issues, so to speak, uh, that will affect uh, what what Republican candidates and others are talking about and debating about. And remember, uh, externalities play a huge role in in all of this. I mean, it, it, the world is roiling. Uh, you know, the the the, the uh, from from the far east to the to the to the middle east uh the world is on the march uh, most of it not attractive as far as the united states is concerned uh it looks like uh, we're we're about to send american naval vessels into harm's way in the Spratly islands who who heard of them uh, <laughs> uh 6 months ago but the, these this is this is an effort by the government of china to colonize uh, uh vast stretches of what have hitherto been navigable international waters in the pacific ocean and uh, the world is looking to the United States, as it always looks to the United States, to to maintain freedom, and in this instance, the freedom of the high seas. Listen, okay. with, with about three minutes left, let yeah. me read you one more email that um, has some good stuff in it. Um, here it is. The good news about this election is that there is a great gulf in the politics of both parties. During the last two elections, it was disheartening to hear how much both Romney and McCain agreed with President Obama during those debates. I don't think that there will be, that that will be the issue once both parties pick their candidates this time. In other words, there's really an ideological or a policy division now visible between the two parties. I'm not so sure that is the case if Trump becomes the candidate. Well, you're, and, and, and your point is well taken. Trump is, Trump is ideologically not well-defined, and, uh, and Donald, the Donald Trump of the past has been at significant odds with the Donald Trump of the future when it comes to uh, uh, policy positions and, and the political vector. But um, um, uh, one, one has to have hope, uh, uh, so to speak, to borrow Mr. Obama's favorite word, uh, that, um, that, that, that that will be the case. Elections can serve uh, uh, clarifying purposes. And um, uh, it is um, uh, it is true that um, uh, that could happen in 2016. Um, it depends upon how it plays out. I should think, who stands to you as uh, the most likely, as the most uh, intrinsically opposed in policy issues uh, to Mrs. Clinton on the on the Republican side? Who I guess I'm asking is the most truly conservative Republican in the running? Well, the conservative tent set aside the Republican tent. The conservative tent is a truly big tent. Uh, that is to say, there are traditionalist strains, libertarian strains, uh, and the like within the uh, within the conservative movement. Uh, and um, uh, the the traditional sort of Reagan uh, three legged stool of um, of uh, uh, free market economics, uh, uh, social traditionalism, and uh, 
uh, a strong national security uh, uh, posture for the United States uh, is is not um, the um, only uh, yardstick uh, uh, to which one can look these days. Uh, you know, sort of the the, the the, the, the young the young senators of the South with Hispanic backgrounds, Ted Cruz and Marco yeah. Rubio, for example, represent very different definitions of of modern conservatism. Um, and um, but I I mean either of them is capable of taking a fight uh, to to Mrs. Clinton and doing so on principle. Joe, I fear the time has flown, um, but thank you so much. Very illuminating, as I knew it would, as it always is when we get a chance to chat. And I look forward to chatting with you very soon My again. My pleasure, Mills. It's always a joy to listen to your program. It's a joy from, a, from time to time to be on it. Thank All you. Right. Thanks again. And with that, we'll close down for the day. Uh, back again tomorrow at 4. And some interesting surprises for you tomorrow. Uh, check in and find out.